Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. So good morning. Welcome back to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. This morning we have uh, Jackie Gallen from uh, Functional uh, Canine. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Sunday morning we've been up, uh, did a bit of drag work in the park with Noah, um, ducked out to get my coffee and uh, we're all good. So keen to, keen to chat. How about yourself? Yeah, really good. Just a chilled morning for me. I haven't actually done that much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, Jackie, like I said, I, I really appreciate you spending some time and uh, jumping on the podcast to have a chat today. Um, let's uh, get into um, it straight up, if that's cool. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, a little bit where you're from and a little bit about uh, functional canine? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, I'm from Adelaide, um, born and bred in Adelaide. I've always been here. And my childhood dream was to be a vet because I always wanted to save animals. And in my mind, the only way that I could help and save animals was to be a vet. That's what I thought was going to be the best way about it. Um, through high school, I still chased that dream. And when I got to university, um, I got into an animal science degree. And my idea behind that was it was going to be the back door into me being a vet. Um, unfortunately life does its thing and I didn't quite end up stepping into the veterinary field but my animal science degree um, and getting a dog led me into a path of thinking about things in more of a natural aspect and through that is where my business functional canine was born where I've almost been able to realize and channel that want and desire to be able to help and almost save animals um, but without being a vet. So I'm normally the person that people go to when they say my dog has these skin issues, my dog has anxiety, my dog has all these problems and the vet can't help without using excessive medication or sometimes the vet can't help at all. Um, and then I'm the person that they turn to, which I think is really beautiful because it's still really fulfilling um, that goal that I've always wanted. With my dogs at home, I got my first dog about seven years ago, like my own dog. Um, and from the day we got her, she had terribly itchy skin. And my partner at the time and I had no idea what was going on. We, we bought her what we thought was the best bag of dry food from a pet food store. 
and we were, you know, we were taking her to the vet. She'd been fled, she'd been vaccinated, she'd had all the things. Um, and we had no idea what was going on. And one of my friends was tapping into feeding a dog a raw diet. And that almost opened my mind up to other possibilities. And the more I looked into a raw diet, the more I realized that dogs can have food intolerances, which at the time, seven years ago, I guess it depends what you're exposed to, but it blew my mind. Like I had no idea that dogs could not only be intolerant to grains and cereal products and all those other sorts of things that are in dry food, but they can also be intolerant to proteins. Like a dog can be intolerant and have almost like an allergic response and become incredibly itchy when they have chicken or when they have beef and every dog is different. So some things might trigger some dogs and others might trigger other dogs. Um, but going down that path, we come to realize that my beautiful puppy who was a little bit sad and sorry for herself and incredibly itchy was intolerant to not just grains in processed foods, but she was also intolerant to chicken, beef, and um, any more than a small amount of pork will also set her off. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah, yeah. And with a puppy, it's so hard. Um, at the time, I have to admit, even though I had my degree and things like that, I didn't know what I was doing. I was giving her kangaroo and kangaroo bones because I knew it would stop her from itching. But it, your dog needs more than just meat and bones. There's, there's so much more to it. And if you're following the same nutritional guidelines that um, NRC sets for the Australian Standard for Commercial Foods, mm -hmm. There's, there's so many more things and some things you can't get from animal products. So you need to make sure that you're feeding nuts and seeds and vegetables and um, the list goes on. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so we went down that journey with her and um, we found what would have her, I guess you could say the most comfortable without being on medication um, and then refine that diet and balanced it. After probably about having her for a year, that was when I decided, I was working in a pet food shop at the time, mm -hmm. and I decided that getting involved with natural nutrition was something that I'd really like to do and I'd like to understand more about it so I could better support her and better raise my dog who had all these food intolerances. Um, so that's when I went down the path of getting certified as a natural nutritionist. I also um, got certified as a canine myofunctional therapist, um, got involved with massage as my dog who has the skin issues, um, had an injury when she was a puppy and had an operation to repair the injury, but the operation caused um, most like a like a permanent dysfunction in one of her paws mm -hmm. and it means she walks differently and she gets quite sore so I was thinking massage and nutrition by me doing both of these things I'm going to help my dog and in turn I've ended up um, I guess stepping out and going other people need this help mm -hmm. and other people need this guidance so yeah Awesome. Yeah, and then Fox was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, just while I was thinking of it, just a minute ago. So I've got a four-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. Chloe, who's uh, every day. Yeah. I think she, I think she keeps on telling me, Dad, I want to be a vet. I want to be a vet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um she comes she loves the dogs and she comes and helps and trains and uh watches it's fantastic you know but already without um you know without any prompting she uh she goes i want to help animals dad <laughs> that was exactly what i was like from a very yeah. young age as soon as i could speak that was all i thought i wanted to do because you you, you do you feel like being a vet is your only path to helping animals yeah. but i guess the 
more you understand the veterinary industry, you see that there is more to it, I guess, than just helping animals. And it can be quite hard and conflicting being a vet. I honestly feel for them because there's the business side of things. And then there's, you know, your your job is, yes, to do what's right for the dog, but also to do what the owners ask. Mm-hmm. So if the owners ask for something that's not necessarily right for the dog, you still almost have to do it. So For sure. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine how difficult it would be, honestly. That's right. And I suppose over the last, you know, I suppose a few years, um, you know, the emergence of not just with dogs, but, you know, people as well, you know, the match, the holistic health or the alternative health and, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, you know, that's opened up, a, you know, oh, let's go back maybe even oh, three, four years, five years, let's go five years, you know, and the emergence of, say, yeah. we'll talk about diet for a moment, you know, when Pete Ever, you know, Pete Evans was doing some great, interesting stuff on, uh, you know, keto and stuff like that, you know, um, you know, there was some interesting studies coming out, you know, that, that, mm. um, but yeah, it's been a bit of an emergency, emergence, I should say, into, you know, alternative um, health and, and medicines, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I definitely feel that um, I, the way the way our dogs live is almost a reflection of how we're living in our lives as the owners, and as us as human beings are stepping more into alternative therapies, mm-hmm. then we're understanding and seeing how we can apply that to our dogs' lives mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Where herbal like herbal remedies and alternative therapies has helped me, mm-hmm. then I then go, oh, maybe these sorts of things can help my dog, and I apply mm-hmm. that to my dog. So. For sure, I haven't. Oh, exactly. You know, so just while we're talking on that, before we move on, you know, like, uh, um, you know, I, I do get a little bit, uh, you know, do med- quite a meditation and uh, about a 12 mm. months ago uh, in my meditation, for some reason, it come, you know, uh, not many people know that I do this, but it doesn't matter, you know, um, quite open about it. Um, you know, yeah. it, it came to me and it was like, start with Reiki, start with Reiki, you know? So I haven't uh, found anyone t- uh, to do or to practice Reiki on, Reiki on my dogs yet. Um, however, mm-hmm. um, as a, um, you know, a treatment for myself, sound healing Reiki, um, I respond mm-hmm. very, very well to that. You know, some people are not open to it, you know, but for me, um, I love it, you know, and it gives me an energy boost um, and I feel great, you know? It's really beautiful. Do you meditate with your dogs? No, I don't actually. <laughs> yeah, have them sit with you, gently put your hand on them and have them come and go as they please while you meditate. And yeah. um, if they're feeling it, they can step into that space with you. So. Yeah, well, there you go. And yeah. look, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that, you know, I'm slightly off topic, I'm a guy that has, a, you know, a million, a million things going on a day-to-day basis, obviously. And I just, you know, to, to just fucking sit and calm and just chill the fuck out for even 10 minutes, you know, uh, helps bring, um, bring some clarity to... Um, my day mm. but anyway <laughs> let's uh let's move on <laughs> um that's fantastic so let's have a chat about i suppose your you know we, we've just found out a little bit about your natural um you know your sort of i won't say your um your journey to where you know functional canine started but you know mm-hmm. do you want to you know i'd love to know a little bit about you know you talk about natural nutrition you know, so mm-hmm. I just want to get cl- clear on some terms, you know, for some people, you know, you jump into Facebook groups or you jump online and, and people just, you know, there's, there's shit everywhere. Right. And just, you know, in mm-hmm. your own, you know, in your own words, um, you know, have a chat about obviously the natural nutrition and, and, you know, explain to our listeners what natural nutrition is and how you incorporate that, you know, for your clients. Yeah, of course. I feel like, the way I go about natural nutrition might be slightly different to other people just because I do have that science background and my knowledge is to balance things 
Um, I, and I specifically work with dogs that have allergies. So sometimes I can have limited ingredients that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, I, I do balance things according to certain numbers. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I do need to add supplements. But the general gist of natural nutrition is rather than going to the supermarket or the pet food store and buying a commercial pre-made product, mm -hmm. it's about making it yourself at home and trying to step back to something that's as less processed as possible. Mm -hmm. And we are quite lucky that there's a lot of companies that are bringing out all these amazing um, bath premixes and stuff like that. So it does make it a lot easier for people to step into that journey and work on it. But my specific role is to help people make food at home mm -hmm. and make sure that it's balanced and right for their dogs. So their dog's digestive system is going to tolerate it mm -hmm. and they're going to be get, getting all those nutrients that they need. So when you go to the vet and you say, yeah, my dog's on a raw diet, the vet can't say, oh, they're missing out on this because mm -hmm. they're not. It's meeting the exact same nutrient profile that any dry food is meant to meet. It's just coming from all natural ingredients and where needed and when required, there might be a mineral supplement put in there like zinc or um, something like that so yeah for sure yeah. um so, yeah you know um and that you know look the subject of nutrition is broad and vast you know um you know there's heated debates left you know left right you know we don't give a shit about that, that you know you know obviously for us we want to do the yeah. best for the dog you know the, the case study that you're looking at or the you know the dog that you're looking at um to make them look you know look feel great in everyday life yeah um you know, so um, I suppose what I was, you know, I look, I'm a bit of a, I do feed a little bit of dry with a, um, you know, with a topper, you know, I, I use big dog, you know, um, and I, you know, and I use a, a prime 100 loaf for when I'm, when I'm doing training consults and things like that, you know, mm -hmm. maybe with a bit of Zwee peak in there as well, but that's just for my convenience factor, you know? Um, so if someone's, you know, we're, let's, let's break it down a little bit more, you know, um, I currently, you know, I, I might've explained, I'm currently working at a large pet, you know, a pet food chain uh, for on a short-term contract. People walk the aisles with the, the craziest look on their face and they just got no fucking idea. Right. <laughs> um, you know, let's uh, it's, it's cute. It's confusing for them. Yeah. Um, so how would someone, go about you know i suppose just starting you know whether it's uh, like i said making it from home do they do you look to source all the ingredients or you know um, from different stores or you know let can you sort of i i've just got to we'll talk about getting a puppy in a moment but you know let's just say they've been listening to us have a chat and they just want to get started what would be a few, you know i suppose a first few steps um to get them onto natural yeah, of course. I think the first thing you need to think about is what does your specific dog need? So if you've got a puppy and you're looking at feeding a natural diet and you're really not sure where to go, you you want to make sure that you've got some kind of education behind you or you're working with the support of a professional because you have a growing dog and it's really important you're hitting those numbers correctly. Similar to if you have a senior dog, um, some senior dogs don't tolerate the bacterial load in raw food very well because they've been on commercial food which is heavily processed all their life mm -hmm. they don't have the right stomach acid balance to be able to deal with that bacteria mm -hmm. so when you're in those sorts of situations it's better to go either slowly easing into it like feeding your dog a commercial diet but then changing 20 to 25 percent of it to a little bit of raw cooked meat depending on what works for you a little bit of fresh vegetables a little bit of fresh fish some eggs something like that 
So then you've still got the, it's still hitting the nutritional markers mm -hmm. in the dry food, but you've got the elements of the fresh food. So then you can slowly step into it. And also mentally it's easier for you because you don't have to be overwhelmed and stressed with all these ratios and numbers and whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've got a puppy, then that's a good idea to start slowly and make sure that you're doing the research and making sure that you've got your head around it and or, or getting professional guidance straight away so that you can have confidence in what you're doing is the right thing yeah. when you've got an adult dog it's a little bit easier so you can definitely still do the feeding the commercial food and then um 20 to 25 percent is uh fresh food or a mix of fresh foods raw cooked vegetables fish eggs whatever you're feeling yeah. um but then there's also those pre-made products that you were talking about mm -hmm. um, that you sell in um, pet food stores, mm -hmm. um, things like Big Dog Bath, Dr. B's. Mm -hmm. I believe Prime 100 does a really, I, I quite like Prime 100's range, to be honest, particularly mm -hmm. their raw food. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's all these pre-made raw options. Yes, they are a little bit more expensive than what it would cost to make your own, mm -hmm. but it is a good place to start because those products are required to meet a certain nutritional guideline. And then so you can have confidence that what you're feeding your dog is right. You can see how it works within your dog's body and how your dog's tolerating it. And then you can make the decision as to whether this is still right for me and my dog um, and buying the pre-made um, raw is perfect. Or you can decide this is actually something that I want to make myself at home, whether it be A, because I want to save money, B, because my dog has intolerances to certain ingredients and I want to have more control over those ingredients. Or C, sometimes people just want to be like, hey, I much prefer to feed wild caught meats. I much prefer to feed organic vegetables and I want to make sure that I'm doing this. So. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So um, I was just, just this literally just popped into my head. And, and as you know, this podcast is pretty casual. <laughs> um, so I, I often get, and this is probably a, a question um, that you will have, uh, you know, we'll be able to chat about. Um, so, you know, let's just say, you know, a, a client has been to the, their vet, you know, they've walked in or mm -hmm. they've come into the pet food store and they're looking for, um, you know, they've got some skin issues and they go straight to Maliseb, mm -hmm. you know, um, the Maliseb wash, you know, the, you mm -hmm. know my, my, my vet has told me to wash wash my dog you know twice a week or you know in this product um and it'll it'll clear up their skin issues you know so often i like to go hey i i prefer a slightly different approach let's look within you know um so yeah. you, you know is that something you know that you get often um yeah to be 100 percent honest i'm um, probably 75 percent of my client base 70 75 percent of my client base is dogs with skin issues, whether it be dogs that are constantly chewing their paws or whether it's they're scratching to the point where they're drawing blood from their skin. Mm -hmm. um, and and products like Melaseb mm -hmm. are very, they're very harsh. And yes, they're going to strip away the bacteria and yeast that are on the skin, but they're also stripping away the skin's natural balance. Mm -hmm. So over time, you're not actually going to be resolving the problem. You just almost when you stop, it's going to become worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you're, you're starting something that you're going to need to be continuing indefinitely, and it's not going to be good for your dog's body to do that. Mm -hmm. So what's really important is that you have an understanding and a grasp of what is causing this issue with your dog's skin. Sometimes it's nutritional. Sometimes it's um, in a lot of dry foods, they can lose their 
omega-3, once the bag's been opened, the omega-3 um, reacts with oxygen and becomes rancid and it's no longer going to be the same in the dog's body. Um, some products just lack omega-3 in general because it's not necessarily listed as something that's supposed to meet a certain benchmark in the NRC requirements. So these foods that are lacking omegas mean that your dog's not going to have the correct omega-3 to 6 ratio within their body. Um, because of the food they're ingesting and it's going to put their skin out of balance so starting off with um, first of all a understanding is there an oil imbalance in my dog's diet and they require that's this is where people say you know add fish oil and things like that yeah. um, maybe fish oil might not be the right oil for your dog sure. because some dog can be intolerant to that um, it can be quite high in heavy metals um, krill oil might be a better option or a plant-based oil might be better like flaxseed oil um, which has um, ALA which then converts into omega-3 probably not as efficiently but it converts into omega-3 within the dog's body and that can help boost their skin condition so you need to think about is it nutritional or is it um, like a, a gut problem that's expressing through the skin is there a gut imbalance that's causing a reaction within my dog's body and then it's being expressed and shown as itchy skin and that's where you get like the whole yeasty pores dogs that get hot spots really easily so it could be a gut imbalance and gut imbalance and food intolerance can kind of tie in together when a dog has similar to human beings when a dog has that whole leaky gut thing going on um certain proteins that a, a normal healthy dog with a healthy gut wouldn't react to can they can have a reaction to so gut imbalance and protein intolerance kind of go hand in hand and the protein intolerance could also be what's causing the skin irritation and then you know the manifesting that as itching if that makes sense yeah yeah so, for sure yeah so yeah. um in regards to you know i suppose for the listeners out there um to find out these imbalances are we looking to do blood tests um stool samples what do you know do we rock up to our vet oh. you know what how do we go about eliminate or is it just pure trial and error elimination you know so are you referring to omega-3 specifically or any nutrient imbalance yeah, just, i suppose i suppose you know if we have a look at those um you know a nutrient imbalance overall you know because if look if i walked up to my vet you know he's a bit old school mm -hmm. you know and i say i want to you know do a blood test for these and these he'd be fully on grilling me right you know not not yeah. open open to that sort of stuff at all you know but um you know is that how we go about um potentially looking for these imbalances with our dogs i think that's a really good question i tend to take a more um i guess self-served approach with these sorts of things like having a look at your dry food and having an understanding of hey what actually is in this and maybe what i could be adding um there are some products that i believe have uh quite a good omega three to six ratio that you can almost add straight away and then you wouldn't really need to worry too much things like um hemp seed oil as well the omega three to six to nine ratio mm -hmm. is um i guess where you'd say it's where you want it to be yep. um so adding something like that to your dog's food could also be really helpful without you having to deep dive into oh i need someone to calculate numbers or yep. oh i need to go to the vet when it comes to blood tests they can be amazing for understanding organ function mm -hmm. um the raw fed dogs will have some different numbers to 
dogs that are fed a dry food diet, mm-hmm. but um, it can be really good to have a, yeah, a key understanding of organ function and some nutrients like sodium, um, a blood test is really good to see if you, you know your diet is too high in sodium, whereas other nutrients, it's probably a less accurate guide to determine as to whether your dog's getting enough of that. For example, calcium, your blood levels of calcium is not going to tell you whether you have the adequate amount of calcium within your body and whether you're having the adequate amount in your diet because calcium is stored in the bones and it's only released from the bones into the blood when the body needs it for other things. And we're, and we're not testing for what's in the bones, we're testing what's in the blood. So the blood <laughs> might come back with the correct values, but you might be depleted in the bones, which is where we actually need it. Yeah. So I think blood tests are good guides for some things, mm-hmm. but I would only really use it with a guide. And I tend to more go on uh, an intuitive basis, a trial and error sort of basis. Yeah. And uh, I guess looking at things from afar and going, okay, what actually is in my dry food? Mm-hmm. Is it, am I giving my dog the things that I need or do mm-hmm. I need to add a pre-made product do i need to get you know a professional advice and have someone calculate the numbers do i need to change my dog's diet completely so i'm starting from a baseline and then working my way up where i have control mm-hmm. for sure and look we won't get into you know a brand specific you know but you know if if people are out there and they're walking the you know they're, they're walking the uh you know the dog food aisles or you know the, the dry food aisles mm. you know and all of a sudden there's a you know 18 kilos for 50 dollars, and then there's a, a, a mm. you know a, a 20 kilo bag for 150 you know um mm. <laughs> you what's know, the difference yeah that's exactly right you know yeah. not, like so we won't get into brand specific but can you give like i know that looking you know first thing people look at is that you know and they've got a big plastered on the front this is 30 percent protein and 18 percent fat right all right cool mm. i'll grab that or i'll grab that yeah so i know that um you know f- for sure we're, we're both into you know um you know natural nutrition but um can you give a, a brief overview of of uh, uh, you know a 50 dollar bag or, or what to look for you know but the difference um the you know even terminology versus meal versus meat you know like um yeah. it's, it's a, i know it's it, a can it of worms can be, <laughs> oh and it can be so difficult as a consumer because when when you have a look at the packaging there's all these beautiful vibrant pictures and you're just like oh this one has a border collie on the front and i have border collies this one must be perfect for my dog you know there's all these marketing things that put these ideas in our head mm-hmm. whereas you know the beautiful pictures on the front it doesn't actually necessarily reflect the product within mm-hmm. and on i guess on a general speaking basis what you pay for is what you get mm-hmm. um so if there's a 50 dollar bag and a you know 120 dollar bag more than likely you're going to be getting high quality ingredients in the 120 dollar bag but you need to also look beyond that so probably if i was looking for a dry food to feed my dogs let's just say i had to go away for a period of time and it was the only option that i had Mm -hmm. um i would be probably looking for something that's australian um, because the standards that we have in australia are really good Mm -hmm. the standards in america are okay um but they do, I believe, last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it's still the same, but I believe they're allowed to use, um, I think what they call the the 3Ds or the 4Ds, dead, dying, decayed, deceased animals. <laughs> All the good um, stuff. <laughs> which is something oh. that, you know, we don't want to be doing. It's, it's awful. And there's been stories of people's dogs becoming really sick yep. because the medicine that was used to euthanize an animal that has now been put into food is still in that 
food um, and it's going into dogs' bodies. So that's something we want to stay away from. So if you buy Australian, um, Australian-made dry food or eat all New Zealand, something like that, then you're going to be getting a better standard of quality. Uh, the next thing you should be looking at is the carbohydrate percentage. I believe if you Google um, how to calculate the sugar content or carbohydrate content in my dog's dry food, because it's not something they list. They will say, like you said, 30% protein, 18% fat, um, but they won't say what percentage of carbohydrates is in there. And you'll find when you calculate it, a lot of them are around the 50%, which is, I think that's quite excessive for a dog whose body is designed to be eating more animal matter than plant matter mm-hmm. um so you want to calculate the carbohydrate content so so first of all bearing in mind um making sure you're looking past the advertising mm-hmm. and you're looking for an australian product you're flipping the product over you're then having a look at the carbohydrate calculation so you want to be aiming for as little carbs as possible and then stepping into what you were saying before you want to be reading the ingredients so it might say something like um um, dog food with chicken or dog food with beef and then the first ingredient is like wheat (laughs) (laughs) or the first thing or or maybe you have um, a dog that is allergic to chicken and it'll say, um, you know, dog food with kangaroo. And then the first ingredient is a, a cheap meat like chicken yep. or there's chicken fat in it. Um, so you need to understand that what's on the front of the bag isn't what you need to be paying attention to. You really need to flip it over, read through those ingredients, um, see what the first ingredient is, see what the first three are. Mm-hmm. I believe that when they list, again, I'm not sure if this has changed, but when I was learning about natural nutrition previously, mm-hmm. when they list a meat on a dry food, mm-hmm. the meat, um, when it's put in the ingredients list, is based on the weight of it before it's been cooked. So it's still got all this moisture in it and stuff like that, like it's mm-hmm. the raw heavy meat. So even though it might come first on the list, it doesn't necessarily mean that, it's still in that same proportion because it's been dried and dehydrated and mm-hmm. processed and all those other sorts of things. So yeah. have a look at the sugar content, have a look at the ingredients um, with what you brought up about something being meat versus something being meal. Mm-hmm. Meat is meat mm-hmm. and meal is whatever sweeping, scraping, scraps, morsels, pieces, chicken feathers, bones, mm-hmm. gristle, whatever they can grab ground up into like a little powder or paste or whatever it happens to be and chucked in mm-hmm. so the, you want to yeah be looking for things that are real foods rather than sweepings and replacement foods and don't get me wrong there's definitely value in like being a raw feeder there's mm-hmm. definitely value in all these little odds and ends of animals and the connective tissue in animals and even feeding fur for people that try and avoid feeding nuts and seeds and vegetables mm-hmm. um, can be quite nutritious for a dog like there's definitely benefits to it mm-hmm. but when you're purchasing a dry food it's something that you don't necessarily want to be aiming for you want to make sure that you are getting something that has real genuine <laughs> wholesome products in it rather than just sweepings and scraps of course you know and, and as i mentioned you know we're we're you know both of us and you know our number one option um is it you know natural <laughs> you know sometimes though um people are you know a 50 50 um you know uh they do 50 50 or they just think rules too hard you know what i mean so um you know how often do you hear that and it you know and it's not too hard you just need a little bit of education and a bit of guidance yeah would you agree 
Yeah, I do agree. And sometimes it's a, you know, a financial point, like a price point. And if that is the case, that's okay. Like you can only manage what you can manage with within your means. So yeah. that's where you, you step into the whole, um, I feed my dog 75% of its normal commercial diet. Mm -hmm. And then 25% is going to be things that I would normally eat, some, some leftover vegetables from dinner. Um, you know, a little bit of raw meat or something like that, trimmings from the, the steak that I was cooking. Um, <laughs> so that's when you kind of step into that sort of ballpark where you are slowly introducing small amounts of healthy food. I believe there was a study um, that Rodney Habib was publishing a long time ago hmm. where he was talking about adding green and orange vegetables to your dog's diet yep. and adding a small amount of orange vegetables, I believe, reduced something like it reduced your dog's chance of getting cancer by 70%. Mm -hmm. And green leafy vegetables is around about 90%. It was staggering. It's yeah. reducing your dog's, you know, chance of getting cancer by that much by adding a small amount of vegetable matter to what you're already feeding. Yeah. It's, you know, it's incredible. So that's sort of what we want to be thinking about. It because, you know, nutrition is something that is so important and it's better to do something and do something small than to be so overwhelmed that you're like, oh, I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, because you sure. want to make sure you're comfortable and easing into it and doing the right things mm -hmm. um, and not just feeding your dog chicken and rice mm. or being like, my dog gets a chicken carcass and a bag of chicken necks every day and that's it. Like you yeah. want to do it properly so ease yourself into it so mm -hmm. you feel comfortable and you have the knowledge basis to be able to do it properly. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so I suppose just moving on from that one, um, I really wanted to have a chat um, about, and I've, been, I've personally been following along, at, you know, the young uh, Malinois uh, Cora that you've been working with. Um, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, touch on that and how that came about. And, you know, I've been following, obviously, Cora's owner, you know, um, and seeing photos and seeing some great positive come out of that. How did that get, get uh, or come about? And can you tell us a little bit about that journey um, of Cora? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So Amy from Epic Dog, um, she and I actually go way back. I used to go to primary school with her sister and um, my previous partner was very good friends with her and things like that. So we reconnected mm. at the point in time where I got my puppy because she also got her first dog around about the same time. Um, we almost went on a similar raw feeding journey together. Mm -hmm. I stepped more into the um, study of raw feeding and she just stepped into a, this is what I'm going to do for my dog because yeah. that's what I feel like doing. Yeah. Um, as time went on, I've helped her dog, her dog, um, Millie. So she's got two at the moment. Yeah. Um, her other German Shepherd cross Millie. Um, I've helped do a few balanced diets for her and making sure that the food she's getting is balanced. Mm -hmm. And then when Amy went ahead and got Cora, she was like, I've got this dog, I've got this puppy, um, rather than doing what I did for Millie where she's fed a dry food diet for the first 12 months and then I slowly ease into raw. She was like, I want to feed this dog raw from scratch and I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Because I understand that if I'm not getting the calcium to phosphorus ratios right, if I'm not getting the energy balance right, if I'm not getting the nutritional balance right, my dog's not going to grow properly and that's going to cause problems down the track. Mm -hmm. So my guidance with Amy and Cora has been through helping Amy get the nutritional balance right so this puppy is growing correctly. And I believe Cora's, what is she, like eight or nine months old now or something? Mm -hmm. And she's doing amazing, like... Yeah. And if you've seen photos of her, her coat and skin are incredible. Like mm -hmm. she's in, she's in really, really good condition. So it's definitely been a 
beautiful journey for Amy to be able to have that support and to know that what she's feeding her dog is right for her dog. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it looks great. So, uh, um, you know, I might even link, um, you know, obviously in the show notes, I'll link to uh, your um, your Facebook and your social medias, which we'll talk about shortly, um, where you where listeners can see for themselves, yeah, um, would be, be great. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's sort of, I suppose, you know, this has been quite in depth. We could go on for, for, you know, hours and hours uh, about this, but, um, I like to keep the podcast, you know, obviously to 30 to 40 minutes. Um, so I would like to say, thank you very much. We'll, we'll sort of wrap things up. Um, is there anything in particular you wanted to add on uh, today's conversation? I suppose about, you know, um, people getting started on natural nutrition. We'll talk about where they can reach you, um, shortly. Um, but is there anything that you wanted to feel that, um, you know, like, uh, you wanted to add on today's podcast i just want to reiterate um not to be afraid and just to go slow and to it, whatever you're doing at the moment is okay yep. and you can always build on it and sure. if, if you are overwhelmed just go slow it's fine mm-hmm. so. and you know and for sure you know don't be you know i would top up on that if that's okay don't be afraid or fucking bullied by you know facebook groups or or even you've you've your vet i know that you may have been going to a vet for you know for a number of years and he says that you must have that food on the shelf you know um it's not always the case you know (laughs) you know so um not just with your vet but you know just increase your education um you know and reach out to people um you know and get some support and some guidance yeah yeah, I agree. And be free thinking. So yeah. see all the information in front of you, do all the research and then come to your own conclusions with what's right for your situation and your dog. For sure. No worries, Jackie. So, so once again, thank you very much. Where can people reach out and uh, find out a little bit more information about you um, and your services? Um, social media is probably the easiest. So mm-hmm. Functional Canine on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Just chuck me a message. Um, and I also have a website. If you Google functional canine, it should be the first thing that pops up. Yeah. Um, but probably social media is the easiest. So yeah, awesome. yeah, if anyone has any questions anytime, I'm happy to help. Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, today we didn't get into, um, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to dive a little bit more into, uh, you know, massage, my functional therapy, um, oils like this. There's so many subjects that you and I could, uh, you know, to talk about, but I just wanted to give a bit of an overview of today, if that's cool, um, of what you do and dump, jump into uh, natural nutrition. Um, but yeah, let's say, um, you know, thank you very much, guys. If you're, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you really like what you've heard, please reach out to uh, Jackie. Um, I'll chuck some links in the, in the show notes, but uh yeah, um, I'm really happy just to finish off. I'm really happy with the way uh, Dogs and Deadlifts uh, podcast has been received. Um, please feel free to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, I appreciate it very much. So once again, Jackie, thank you very much for today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here.